Good to have you back. Welcome. Welcome in the Bill Michaels Show. On this uh, on this Victory Monday, the Packers get a win yesterday. They find themselves now in the wild card weekend as they're going to be heading down to Dallas, taking on the Cowboys coming up this weekend down in Big D at 3.30 kickoff on Sunday. We're going to have the watch party and then the Green and Gold postgame show are going to immediately follow. So come on out and watch the game with us. Enjoy just hanging out with a bunch of Packers fans or Cowboy fans if you want to we'll welcome in Cowboy fans as well. But come on out, say hello, watch the game. And then after the fact, we're going to give you the Green and Gold postgame show live down at Nice Ash Cigar Bar. We're going to be at Nice Ash on 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. And we're going to support other businesses in the area as well. We'll do some food from around the area. Uh, so come on in. You can bring in the food. You can stop at Jimmy's Grotto. You can go down to People's Park. You can go across the street. Whatever it happens to be, hell, you can even order from uh, Topti's Table down there. They've got a lot of great places in the area. Come on by and say hi, and we're going to do uh, some food, and we're going to hang out, uh, enjoy ourselves, and then hopefully talk about a Packers win, but that's coming up this weekend. Again, we're going to be uh, at Nice Ash, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha, supporting the downtown businesses of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone call, shall we? Let's do this. Uh, Let's go to uh, Joe listening to us down in Illinois. Joe, how you doing, man? What's going on? Well, Bill, I'm I'm great. It's it's great to be a Packer fan for sure. Uh, One of the things I wanted to talk about, Bill, was uh, the maturation of this team and uh, how much they've grown this year. It's been such a joy to watch the growth or the development. Um, A lot of that I I attribute to the assistant coaches who certainly don't get enough credit for all the work and time that they put in. Um, I think especially uh, with Jordan Love and, and Coach Clements and, and the wide receivers and Coach Rabel and, and the running backs, I, I go on and on with that, um, how much these guys have grown and, and how, much, how much fun that's been to watch. I think, Bill, of that, that drive last night at the end of the game, uh, 6.07 to go, uh, we have the lead. And, uh, you know, in times past, uh, we haven't always been able to uh, get the job done. Last night, right down the field, ate up all that time. And that's a team of growth. That's, that's a maturing process. And, boy, what a joy to watch. That's a tough thing to do. Uh, yeah. And yet they did it, and they put the Bears away. It's just so, so much fun to watch. Uh, it's just so rewarding and, and it's just terrific. I, I couldn't be happier. And it was against the Bears. Right, oh, right. No, I completely agree. The uh, yeah, the uh, I, I agree with you about because if you look, they had the first drive of the second half. They came out and they marched right down nine plays, seventy-five yards, and uh, they ended up putting it in the end zone. They had another good drive going on if it hadn't been for the uh, the Jordan Love fumble. You know, they would have ended yeah. up. They could have ended up going down and putting the game away at that point. But I agree with you when they ended up going down. Uh, what was it, five plays, 65 yards. They kind of grounded out. Uh, then they kicked the field goal. And then it was 12 plays, 61 yards, and four first downs they ground out against that team to uh, kind of end the solidify the game. That was, I agree with you 100%, that was awesome stuff. And it looked like they were the better team throughout the entire game. I don't think I – did you ever have a point in that game where you thought, oh, my God, I, I think the Packers could lose this game? Bill, those two lines just did a job. The offensive line and the defensive line were, were fantastic. And 
they were swamped by football. It's still all about blocking and tackling. And uh, they, they got the job done. They dominated. Yeah. Um, no, I 100% it, it doesn't agree. Get any better. It doesn't get any better than that. Execution nope. and dominate the line. Uh, just phenomenal. Yep. Uh, 100%. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Uh, this one's from Jake, who says, uh, if you look at the Packers defensively, though, they did not get any three and outs against this poor Bears offense. I'm not going to say the Bears offense is poor. They're not great, okay? They're feeling themselves. They started playing pretty good against some uh, lackluster teams, but they put together some success. They started to get into a little bit of a rhythm, and sometimes even if it's against bad teams, it's all you need to do. But I agree with you. The Packers did not get three and outs. They didn't set that up. They gave up uh, to the Bears consistently uh, last night some first downs, but ultimately – it was the total amount of yardage that they did not give up. They didn't give up more than 200 yards to that team. The, the Packers ran 14 more offensive plays. They ran 60 to the Bears' 46 last night in that contest. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking at this in, in – I'm not looking at this saying – that they dominated the, – they, they dominate. well, maybe they did uh, to a certain extent. They, there was never a point in that game in which I thought the Packers would lose that game. I just felt that the Packers were the better team by far. The more physical, the more dominant team. But it, you, you keep in the back of your mind, it's a bad Bears team. You keep that in the back of your mind. And then, boy, I tell you what, I was somewhat shocked yesterday uh, to watch the Lions just destroy – the uh, Minnesota Vikings, the way they did. The, the Vikings kind of held out, you know, at least they made it somewhat respectable, but the Lions, never, that game was never in doubt. But Lions beat the hell out of the Vikings 30-20. Uh, to 20. So coming off of that Vikings win, you felt pretty good, especially about going up there at U.S. Bank Stadium and getting a win the way the Packers did in as dominant a fashion as they did. But I thought the Vikings might put up a little bit more of a fight. Instead, they were just waiting for the buses to be running and to get the hell out of town. 7-10 and 10 on the season. The Vikings ended up, and I thought the Vikings had a legitimate shot at still winning the division. And they, you know, once Kirk Cousins went down, pretty much all hope went down with them. And they really didn't have any answer after that. But 30 to 20, they get beat by the Lions. Lions get their 12th win of the season. And I know this is not something we as Packers fans normally do, but congratulations to the Detroit Lions. Not only are they division winners, they won 12, they went 12 and 5. Now, you know, we all know you got to do it in the postseason to kind of prove yourself, but. For the first time in 30 years, 30 years, three decades, the Lions actually win the division. So, you know, I, I'm, I've said all along, if it can't be the Packers, I hope it's the Lions. Because I, the Lions, the Lions fan base itself just kind of deserves uh, a little bit of success, no matter how short-lived it may be. Uh, still waiting to hear no, uh, no mark, no word on Bill Belichick. My guess is that... There was a discussion, and from what we understand now, there's five job openings right now. Uh, Carolina, L.A., the Chargers, uh, Las Vegas, uh, because there's some interims there. And then obviously Ron Rivera getting let go today. Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons being let go last night. So there's five current job openings uh, that are in the NFL, in the National Football League. Um, the, the Patriots, I would assume, would not – fire Bill Belichick on a, quote, Black Monday like every other coach in the National Football League. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go, but I've said all along that if Bill was um, less prideful and less stubborn and he said, look, I'll just, I just want to be the coach, 
and gives up the general manager's duties, then maybe Robert Kraft keeps him around. But if he's going to insist on being the general manager and head coach, then I don't think uh, it, that you can keep him. I think there's a parting of the ways coming. And for all, and I said at the beginning of the show that Robert Kraft has had now eight, nine, ten weeks to say, nope, Bill's our guy. Bill's our guy, people. Look, he's won six championships. No, Bill's our guy. He's never said that. Never said that. So chances are there's a parting of the ways coming. But I got to think that uh, relieving him of his duties in New England, that's probably going to happen tomorrow or Wednesday. One of those two days. You see Bill Belichick did a press conference this morning at 7 a.m. local time, so 6 a.m. Midwest. That's the most Bill Belichick thing ever. It's like, no, we're going to do a press conference first light (laughs) tomorrow morning after the game. (laughs) Yeah. And he didn't really get too deep into his job, did he? From what I understand, no, it was fairly boilerplate. He said there's yeah. there's going to be some time taken to make a decision. He said that he would be open. Now, I don't know exactly what the question was, but the, the framing that I read made it sound like maybe he'd be willing to give up general manager roles. Yeah. Basically, said whatever is best for the team and however I can help the team, uh, I will do. So he might just be open to that. And Jesus, Bill, he's in his he's seventy, right? He's, he's in 71. his seventies. Why does he want to do all the GM old. work? Let someone else do it. Yeah, and and that's the other thing that it certainly seems like. I mean, he just had, that team is bereft of talent. They don't have anybody special in the wideout position. They don't have a special running back. They've been grabbing at guys like Zeke Elliott and company. Uh, their defense is good. Certainly, their defense is good, but their offense is atrocious. And you know, he hasn't done a good job at drafting help or being willing to go out and get additional help. I mean, granted, he finds a guy like Zeke Elliott, but. He's getting the washed up late, you know, the washed up guys after the fact, rather than going out and being aggressive, trying to bolster that team in the here and the now. Their their offensive line has been somewhat lackluster as well. So yeah, if Bill's say willing to quote help the team, uh, then maybe he gives up the general manager's hat, and uh, maybe that's the way that's his path to staying. But that that press conference, just from some of the things that I heard and what you just stated. It doesn't sound like he's accepted the fact that he could no longer have a job. It sounds like he wants to stay in New England. Like he would like, you know, he would be happy getting the record there. Uh, But if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm saying to him, what do you want to do? I mean, obviously winning means you're winning. So if you get the record, that means you're winning football. But we don't want five years of winning, of, of five wins per year to get you to that, that point. What we want is to win and win now and win a championship. And I think Bill's got two things in mind. One is he wants the record. And two is he would like to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady to prove he can do it. So if I'm Robert Kraft, I look at him and just say, you know what? Uh, don't worry about being the GM. We're going to cover you there. I'm going to go hire somebody. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll certainly let you know who I'm bringing in, but it's you're not really going to have much of a say in this. And what this guy says goes. So if Bill's able to acquiesce to that and put his ego aside, then maybe he does. Maybe he is able to to hang on to his job there. Uh, let's go to Tim listening to us in Ladysmith. Tim, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, great, Bill. Hey, uh, uh, just uh, I, I really don't have much expectations for the Packers and playoffs, but wouldn't it be awesome if uh, Jordan Love and this team could do what Aaron Rodgers and the team has not been able to do and surprise the whole world. That would be the greatest scenario. I do think they can play with Dallas, providing they don't shoot themselves in the foot by turning the ball over. Um, And the one thing that gives me hope for this defense is traditionally over the last decade, 
the Packers' defense has been terrible, and they get to the playoffs, and suddenly our defense has shown up, and it's been our offense that hasn't really shown up. So I'm hoping we can get both teams uh, to show up against teams in the playoffs, and maybe they'll surprise us all. Cross your fingers, man. I appreciate the phone call. Cross your fingers. I hope you're right. I hope that this team's able to kind of bring it, and I hope that, uh, that um, you know, as you said, that you get both sides of the football playing well. Look, uh, yesterday I thought the offense did its job in their draft. They didn't have a lot of – I think two things. One is they probably should have had another six points. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. They probably should have had another six points in that game. Uh, they missed a, a relatively easy field goal that turned out not to be so easy. And they could have put points up had they not fumbled away the football. The mismanagement of the clock to end the first half. There was a lot of ways that this team could have put more points on the board, and they didn't. So I agree with you. They Both both sides need to show up. But I thought it was a pretty complete game yesterday. Uh, I do want to go back to something that was said. And this is by Paul from earlier today. Let me pull it up. And he said, um, maybe Jordan Love can do what Aaron Rodgers was never able to do, and that is win consistently in the postseason. Rodgers always choked away games and always looked like a deer in the headlights. Maybe Jordan Love will be better because he seems more cool, calm, and collected. Uh, Rodgers was cool, yes, but it was California cool. It was not nerves cool. And that's from Paul. Paul, remember, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. And I've said this before. I Look, I, I will... I will call Aaron Rodgers out for a lot of things, but it's not for getting getting to and winning in the postseason. Because there, I, I've been through this a thousand times, so I don't want to go down that road again. But yes, he's one and four in NFC Championship games. But a couple of those games, he, they had no business being there. They don't get there if it's not for Rodgers. You know what I mean? They don't even get to that point. So and he's won a lot of postseason games. So I'm I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not gonna, you know, pee on Roger's grave because he's gone. I've been I've been a big defender of his when it comes to that that postseason record. You know, you go back to the the game in two thousand and fourteen against the Seattle, you know, Julius Peppers is the one that told Mer- Morgan Burnett to go down, otherwise Morgan Burnett scores. You know, Rodgers wasn't on the field when Bostic went up for the football. Rodgers didn't pull himself off of a goal line stand when they were about to go in. Rodgers wasn't the guy that didn't know where to play on defense during a two-point conversion. You know, I mean, there were so many different things in that game. Rodgers had no control over. He played a pretty good game. Mike McCarthy's play calling for, for two series took his foot off the gas in the third quarter because he was trying to run the clock out. It was still a quarter and a half yet to play. I mean, he didn't do any of that. The game against San Francisco four or five years ago when Matt LaFleur first took over out in San Fran, their defense was terrible. Rodgers was under siege, and their defense was terrible. They had no business being in that game, but he got them there. The game against Atlanta, down in Atlanta, remember that after the miraculous Jared Cook pitch and catch when Cook tippy-toes along the sideline and puts him in position to kick the field goal and Mason Crosby splits the upright? They had no business being in that game against Atlanta, but they get there because of Rodgers. So you can knock Rodgers, I get it, but I'm, I'm not – for all the things that I can knock Rodgers for, that's not one of them. I'll never do that because – and, yeah, he's had some poor play in the postseason. I'm not denying that, but I'm also not sitting here just saying it's all Rodgers. 
Now, does Jordan Love and this young group, they don't know any better. So, like I said, go in, let it all hang out, man. Let it all hang out. Go have fun because you got a real opportunity here just to go play football and get the experience of what it's going to be like playing in the Dome in Dallas for postseason football. Place is going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. Dallas feels like this is their year. Jerry feels like this is their year. Mike's got all the pressure on him to get a win. Dak's got all the pressure on him to get a win and to perform well. So you, you're, you're expected to lose. Go let it all hang out and go have fun. That's it. And go get that experience. 877-867-1670. I know we got more phone calls. Marcus is in Appleton State right where you're at because I'm going to get to you when we come back. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show, we continue on. Let's get back to the phone calls. Talking about the Packers. Packers getting ready to take on the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. 3.30 kickoff coming up this weekend. We're going to be live down at uh, Nice Ash, down in uh, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Watch party and then the Green and Gold postgame show coming up immediately following. Again, immediately following coming up this weekend. So let's uh, let's do that. Uh, let's get back into the phone calls and let's talk to a Marcus listening to us in Appleton. Marcus, how you doing, man? What's going on? How you doing, Bill? I'm first time doing caller. Great. I just want to tell you, thanks for uh, keeping it real and being yourself. Thank you. Appreciate that. I got two things. Uh, Aaron yeah. Jones, um, he needs to be a Packer for life. That boy can play. And a- after he gets touched, just think how many more yards he gets. I mean, you think about it. It could be third and six, but instead it's third and two. I mean, I just think the way he's playing this year is unbelievable, and he needs to be a backer for life. And, I would and love to see I them be it. able to hang on to him. The problem that with that is, one, he's getting banged up a little bit, and you hope that that's not going to be something that's habitual. But secondly, you know, once you get to a running back over the age of 30, you start to kind of have look at him with one raised eyebrow because at some point they lose that step. He hasn't lost it yet because it's back and we've seen it. But I agree with you that he's he's delivering more punishment right now than he's taking. Yes. Yep. And another thing I got is uh, Bo Melton. I did a little research on him like during halftime of the game. I didn't realize he he got recruited by Ohio State and Michigan, but he went to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Right. And his play, I mean, I, I hope he can keep it up because he seems like a good guy, good locker room guy, good dude. And, he, and he's pretty fast. Right. He's a guy also, he, he reminds people of Donald Driver. They keep using comparing him to Donald Driver. Now, I don't know if I'd go that far, but he's a guy that, again, likes delivering the blow. He doesn't mind running over guys. He'll catch the ball over the middle and take the hit. He And he just has burst onto the scene. I don't know what he's going to end up being, but I do know yeah, that I really. like the chemistry that he has right now with Jordan Love, no doubt. Yep. Well, thanks, Bill. I 
appreciate it, and hopefully we can uh, have a good game on Sunday. Man, cross your fingers. Appreciate the phone call. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, go ahead and do so. Uh, Bo Melton, I don't know what Bo Melton's going to be. I remember the first year that Alan Lazard got here, and suddenly Alan Lazard became this this favorite uh, of Aaron Rodgers, and everybody said, well, where was this guy? He was on a practice squad. It's like he came on, there wasn't a lot of tape, and all of a sudden people started to look at him and, and said, you know, he's going to be a great receiver. And I kept saying, he doesn't do anything dynamic. Now, Bo Melton is a different receiver. He's a bigger, stronger receiver than Alan Lazard in a lot of different facets. And he likes bringing the contact. He doesn't mind trying to run over guys. But I'm just, you know, like, hey, guys get on rolls. Slow your roll. Watch how they play. See if they can consistently do it. But I'll say this, for and, – and the big question this week is Romeo Dobbs. We have not heard anything on Romeo Dobbs as of yet now. Mike had mentioned this during the postgame show last night, and we heard this, that uh, Romeo Dobbs left the field, had a chest injury, went into the, uh, went into the tent. Uh, John Kuhn, uh, who does the sideline for the Packers radio network, said that when he came off the field, he was, he was like coughing up blood. Okay? They put him on an exercise bike for a little while to see if he could breathe and how he was doing, and then he went back into the game. He was in there for all of one play, came back out. The report was that he left the field and then went to the hospital. But that was unconfirmed. We are still we still have not had that confirmed, but we had heard that from a pretty reliable person down on the field uh, that said, no, he went to the hospital. So we got to wait and find out uh, what kind of an injury Romeo Dobbs sustained because you'd hate to lose him. Now, the Packers were still able to move the football Getting Musgrave back, getting him up uh, with a catch, an 11-yard catch yesterday, was just good to see. Good to see Luke Musgrave coming back. Between him and Tucker Craft, they've really played extremely well. Tucker Craft has come on over the last couple of couple of games specifically and started to become a target. Rather than just a blocker, he's become a target. So you do have some air. But if you lose Romeo Dobbs, you don't have Christian Watson, which, which means, and this is what Eric Baranchek a little bit uh, earlier alluded to, that means you've got no you know, no second-year guys. It's all rookies in your receiving core. All rookies. And you'd love to get Watson back. You'd love to see Romeo Dobbs back healthy. And then sprinkle in the Jaden Reed, the Luke Musgrave, the Tucker Craft, the Bo Melton. You know, you then bring those guys back. You know, then have that full complement of guys because that changes things. And then if you get A.J. Dillon behind Aaron Jones and all your weapons are healthy – that that really, really, really takes the pressure off of Jordan Love to go out and just be spectacular because you got so many different options. Uh, but if you don't have Christian Watson, you don't have Romeo Dubs, you got Jaden Reed, who was good to see him come back, but he, you know, we all know he's nursing a couple of things, and you don't get AJ Dillon back, you are with a lot of youth and inexperience short of the running back position with Aaron Jones. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. Just something to think about. Well, and, and Bill, all these young guys, because they're healthy, they don't have to do too much. Like, Jaden Reed right. can just do the Jaden Reed things. And right. Tucker Craft knew the Tucker Craft things. And maybe Mike Clemens will bring this up because Mike Clemens is a day one Malik Heath guy. But Malik Heath was bullying guys, blocking downfield that entire game yesterday. He's just right. enforcing. So, you know, we heard that comment earlier from Jaquan Brisker about how the Packers are doing little things after the play and, you know, trying to rough us up and get us to react. Like, I, dollars to donuts that that was Malik Keith all the game. 
and yep. he was really impactful too. So it's cool to watch all these guys play their individual roles. Uh, which I 100% agree with. It's 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 really cool not only watching them play their roles, but watching them emerge in their roles. As, as they get going and they get that understanding more and more, how it really has started to collectively come together. Now, again, this is a very hyped team because they've won a couple of games. They've been good down the stretch. People are excited about the Green Bay Packers. But this is still a team that played poorly in the middle of the season, looked like they were in disarray, a defense that we couldn't run Joe Barry out of town fast enough on a rail. That you know, And you've played some competition, not all, but some competition. It wasn't great, and you got beat. You know, you go back to DeVito. You go back to the way, you know, Baker Mayfield came in and flat-out handled you. You go back to the struggle you had against Carolina. So all is not perfect, and we have to keep that in mind in the back of our, in the back of our head that, yeah, they're here, and they did what they're supposed to do, but they didn't do it great. So for them to get a win, that's why I just kept saying, just get to the postseason to get that experience. But now we're talking about can they win. Yes, they can, but – the tw- the percentages are very low that they would, and I just want to keep that in the back of people's mind. I'm just trying to keep it real. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. A lot coming up, and Mike Clemens coming up in the last hour of the program. Stay right where you Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Maybe you got a big group getting ready to get underway and uh, come by the house. You're going to have them in. You're going to sit down and get ready for uh, postseason football. You can see it today and get it tomorrow. That's our friends at Masters Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Whether it's a pool table, shuffleboard, bumper pool, dart boards, all the accessories to go along with it. Bars, bar stools. they got everything for indoor and outdoor living. And I know tomorrow it's not going to look like you want to be in the outdoors, unless, of course, you're one of the uh, outdoor enthusiasts that love the snow. But they even have uh, some specials on getting ready for the uh, the summer months. But uh, check out our friends at Master Z's. Family, fun games. They've got them all over the place in a huge showroom. See it today. Get it tomorrow. That's their model. Call them, 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931. For all of the in-store specials, that's Master Z's on Blue Mound Road in Brookfield. And tell Rob and the entire staff that we said hi. Uh, Bradley says, I'm curious to know if Bakhtiari has been on the sidelines supporting the team and helping in teachable moments for games or if he's totally alienated his teammates and uh, separates himself. Uh, the guys are t- a tighter knit group and squad than in years past, and we all know Bach wants to play with Rodgers again, wondering if anybody has heard or seen him. Um, I have not. I have not heard from him. I have not seen him. I Somebody posted something yesterday that said something about David Bakhtiari saying it's good to be back with the guys and had a picture of it. And then I went to that person's Twitter account or Bakhtiari's Twitter account, and that wasn't there. So I my assumption is it was made up or it was from a long time ago. But there was no, there's nothing recent on David Bakhtiari's Twitter account that says that. So I, I – and I personally have not seen him. Uh, we have not seen uh, a cutaway of him. We have not seen um, nothing. Uh, Pete says uh, there's a picture of uh, number 69 with his teammates at practice last week. That's what I was saying. 
it said on David Bakhtiari's Twitter account that that picture was there, Pete. But when you go to David Bakhtiari's official Twitter account, it's not there. That's not there. I don't know if that was made up or not. So I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, we'll ask Mike about it because Michael, Michael let us know. Michael let us know. If, uh, if he has seen David Bakhtiari at practice, he'll tell us. But uh, I, I, I don't know. He posted a picture on Instagram uh, yesterday. Was it on Instagram that he posted? Okay. Yeah, I don't follow him on either. Um, but it looks like he was just sitting at practice. I'm sure he's around, and Mike can speak to this. I'm sure he's around sometime, but it doesn't really make sense for him to sit on a bench and watch practice all day every day. He's rehabbing right. and doing other right. things. Um, okay, I'll, I'll I'll check it because I did not. I went to his, um, I went to his uh, account for uh, Twitter, which is what he had used a little bit more. Okay, that picture, yes. Okay, you're right. Then that picture is there. Um, and that picture is from. It looks like it's 23 hours ago, so maybe it was yesterday. He posted it yesterday. That picture could be a week old or a couple days. Who knows when the picture was actually taken, but I imagine it was somewhat recent. I don't know why you'd hold on to a picture like that and post it months later. Okay, that's what it is, yeah. Okay. So, good to be around the fellas again. Glad to see my jokes can still put smiles on the faces of these guys. Miss these moments. I'm grateful for the steps. Literally, I've been able to take one day at a time. Let's take care of business today and punch our ticket to the playoffs. Go, Pat, go. So, that's from David Bakhtiari, and that was on his Instagram page. Uh, and the same thing. I don't. Uh, I don't follow him on Instagram. I will now, but I didn't follow him on Instagram. So, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I never, never went to that site because he's just not that big a social media poster. So the only thing, and I've the only time I've ever seen David Bakhtiari talk about anything specifically is that where it's not advertised um, is usually when it's. Um, He's usually got advertisements around it, but he has not used his his Instagram page a whole lot. Um, when he starts talking about you know um, things, usually it's when he lashes back out. It's usually on the, at the media on uh, on Twitter and not on Instagram. But yes, that's on his Instagram page. So you're right. So I did see it. I just didn't happen to think to go to Instagram. To be honest with you, didn't see it there. Um, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670. Uh, Pete says his old leg was wrapped up in a bandage. It's in a sleeve. It's in one of those walking sleeves for compression. Uh, I wonder if he's had numerous uh, or surgery plus surgeries after the fact to try to clean that thing out. I, I just and I, I we got to assume he's not back next year. It's certainly uh, for everybody that thought that Bakhtiari was some kind of hateful. Uh, I never thought that Bakhtiari was hateful towards the organization. Maybe the way guys were treated and such or what's gone on or Rodgers or whatever, but I don't ever think he's ever been hateful to the organization. Why would you be? For what reason? and, And think about it. They've made him the highest paid offensive tackle in the history of the game. They've given him numerous contracts. They even gave him a con his third contract and then restructured that again. When Ted Thompson's philosophy was never to give an offensive lineman more than two contracts, and they did it because he's that damn good. And even even Brian Gutekunst has said, you know, when Bakhtiari has played through this injury, he still played at an incredibly high level. And one of the things that I found interesting was he said it's very hard to find that level of left tackles in the National Football League. 
which to me it kind of left the door open that if Bakhtiari's rehab this offseason or, or this season and then the offseason was good, that maybe there's a shot at bringing him back. No, I don't think so because of the money that's owed. But I think the fact that Rasheed Walker has filled in admirably has led them to say, okay, look, we can finally move on from this. But I think Bakhtiari realizes this is it in Green Bay. This is it. This is your last postseason. This is the last go-around. This is the last run. This is the last time with these guys, this coaching staff, inside those walls. The last time you can go to that locker. The last time you can head into the field as a Packer. There's a lot of sentimentality to it for where you've played your entire career, your entire life, when really your, your, your future is unbelievably uncertain. So I, I never thought Bakhtiari was a hater of the Green Bay Packers, as people made him out to be. I never thought that. I thought he was mad about something because he always seems to have a chip on his shoulder. But at the beginning of the season, don't forget, he's the guy that called out in Jenkins and said, are you ready to be the best left, uh, left side of an offensive line in all of football this year? I mean, he really thought he was going to come back and be ready to go, and unfortunately the knee didn't hold up. But I, I, I never thought Bach was a hater of uh, all things Green Bay. That was just my, my take on it. But he's made a lot of money. Made a lot of money. Let's go to John listening to us in Madison. John, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, I'm doing good, but i got to ask you a couple questions. My main question is, when time expired, you know, right before half, yeah. why didn't they just kick a field goal when there was 11 seconds left? Why run another play? Yeah, right, Who's exactly. Because that? They, <laughs> they thought they could get one more shot in the end zone. They got a little greedy. They uh, thought they could get one more shot in the end zone, and instead they couldn't do it, so they threw an out pattern. But what you have to remember is if you get hit, as you're going out of bounds, your forward progress, if it gets stopped, the yeah. clock keeps moving. Yeah. So you have got to move the football forward, and they didn't do it. I agree with you. I, at that point, I would have yeah. – I, I was thinking to myself, take another shot, take another shot. But then the, the, the smarter side of me was saying, kick the field goal, get the three, go in with momentum. You're going to get the ball back. You're going to be good to go. And Yeah. My, my uh, other I just, quick they, question they here was – Yeah, go ahead. My other quick question here was um, when, when Jordan ran it and fumbled – when, when Aaron Jones has been averaging, what, at least five yards a carry, why wouldn't you give it to him and let him get the first down? I don't get that. Quarterbacks have a lot harder time protecting the ball when they get hit than a running back does. So I think I it was a broken play, though, wasn't it? I think it was a play in which he was I, just trying to scramble. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be a – you know, a, a, a pass action play, or well, I don't know what the deal was. I know he, he just dipped out of the pocket pretty quick and then just decided to run it. But right. it, to me, it's, I don't know, it's unfortunate. Plus, he could have got injured doing that, too. So No, I that I agree with as well. Appreciate the phone call. No, I thought that was more of a broken play. Like, he was looking downfield and instead just had nothing there, so he decided to take off and run with it, seeing everybody was covered. I think it was an RPO, uh, and they somebody missed the pass on it. There was a wide receiver that didn't get the the check or something. I right. have to go back and, and look. Somebody in some podcast I listened to talked about that, but that was a broken play. I don't play think it was degree. designed for him to take off and run instead no. of handing the ball to Aaron Jones. I think it was something that broke down. And if I remember correctly now, I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but if I remember correctly, I thought it was something that broke down. So that's that was just my... That was my thought. 
877-867-1670, uh, 877-867-1670. A reminder, coming up after the uh, top of the hour in about uh, 30 minutes from now, our guy Mike Clemens is going to be joining us. We'll talk with Mike live up in Green Bay about what he saw yesterday, thoughts coming out of the locker room. we got a lot of stuff to hear from as well, so stick where you're at. Stay tuned. More than Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Seasons on the resort, and they got a lot of stuff going on. They've got uh, the parties coming up. They've got dinners, come, wine dinners coming up. Uh, the Al Capone birthday parties coming up. They just if you go to their fall schedule and check it out, the Four Seasons Wisconsin dot com. But get a hold of our girl Barb seven one five nine three eight fifty one ten. And now there's going to be snow, and uh, they're making the snow, and we've got a snowstorm coming, and uh, now there's going to be snow. So if you're thinking about doing some skiing or ski jumping, uh, for that matter. Check out our friends at Pine Mountain, their sister resort, which is up in the UP, uh, which is not far. It's just uh, it's actually in Iron Mountain, Michigan. So check out Pine Mountain as well. Uh, use the promo code Michaels15. You get 15% off of your stay. Call Barb, 715-938-5110. That's, again, 715-938-5110, the Four Seasons Island Resort uh, up in Pembine, Wisconsin. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel, welcome up. Welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hi, how's it going, Bill? Great today. Great today. What are you thinking? Well, I just wanted, I, I don't, I didn't hear the first couple hours of the show here, but I just wanted to throw a little bit more, uh, praise on Dontavian Wicks. Oh God. Yeah. Mostly, he's been, he's been huge, man. No doubt. Like as a fifth round pick, uh, the comparisons to Devontae Adams and his feet right off the line, getting open immediately. It's, it's so impressive, especially watching the, the tape after the game where they show kind of like the vertical field, right? Uh-huh. And just his release off the line is insane. Uh, right. Always open. I can't, I can't even believe it that he ended up falling to the fifth round is, is just insanity to me. Right. I'll say this, and this is one thing we have not talked about today, but if you look at the last couple of drafts of Brian Gutekinds, do you now go, wow, uh, how deep and how good were those drafts? You've even got third-round draft choices that are performing where, you know, up until the last couple of years, third-round draft choices were just like just a waste in Green Bay. And you look at the depth of these drafts. I mean, you got to go back and give Brian Gutekinds a ton of credit for picking up all the talent that they've grabbed, you know? I do. I do have one thing to add on that, though. Do you yeah. think that it's all the drafting of Gutekunst, or do you think part of it is the fact that they just kept so many veterans 
previously that the young guys never really got their chance to shine? Um, probably a little both. You learn behind veterans. I mean, you can't have just a, a you know, I know this is the youngest team, but you got to have guys like Preston Smith and Devondre Campbell and, you know, guys like Darnell Savage. You got to have Kenny Clark. You got to have older guys, you know, guys that have been there for at least more than a few years that have been there, done that. To, to help teach some of the younger guys. So you kind of have to have a good mix. But when you look at the guys that have come on and you start to go through that receiving core, like a Dontavian Wicks, who they found, you know, hell, even Malik Heath, who Mike Clemens liked at the beginning of the season, has, has shown some promise at times when he's had opportunities. When you look at the Jaden Reed, who came in and, and just became a, a cog almost right away, then you look at the tight end position. I mean, you, you really and, – and what they've done offensive line-wise to fortify the depth of the offensive line, you, you really got to give Brian Gunekins a ton of credit for what they've been able to do and, and how they've been able to kind of restack this team in almost a, a six-month to eight-month turnaround. That has really been impressive. I will say that. Yep. No doubt. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board, 877-867-167. Yeah, we have not gotten too deep into that. Maybe we'll do a little bit more on this tomorrow. But you go for the first couple of drafts of Brian Gooden. And remember, here's the thing. And I know it sounds hypocritical because the middle of the season, we're thinking to ourselves, how bad is the talent on the field? Remember that? That, that whole segment or two or week or two that we went through where we – and I was leading that charge saying, hey, if it's not the coaching – then it's the talent. And Brian Gutekinds in the offseason was insistent upon the talent on the field, saying, no, we got talent here. And now when it comes to the wide receiving core and the young guys, you got to give them a little bit of time. But when we were talking about defensive talent, you know, how much talent is out there? How much have they missed? How much have they actually hit on? And now you see it being utilized a little bit different. You're like, oh, man, there is some talent here. So, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that going back to that conversation to where we were then to where we are now, now it was warranted. It's not like we should have ignored everything, you know, and you're not going to sit here and drink the green and gold Kool-Aid all day and just go, well, everything's great when you can see it falling down around you. But something in, in, in this changed, right? Something in this changed. Now, there is something to be said for what Quay Walker said yesterday about how this is a team that is playing closer together. they got great camaraderie. It's more fun to play with these guys this year. All of that, there's something to be said. It's an intangible. It's something you can't put a sabermetric on. You can't put a measurable on. It's when guys get along and they say, and you go back to that the, the, the wide receiving core is on Monday nights going over to Jordan Love's place, and they're all sitting down. They're all going over stuff. They're all looking at stuff. They're all talking. They're all having fun both on and off the field. There's something to be said for that, and I I can't – you can't quantify it. And people roll their eyes like, oh, yeah, right, you know, it still comes down to talent. Yes, but the accentuation of that talent happens when guys are comfortable and knowledgeable and understanding and willing around you. Sometimes guys play for themselves. They're like, screw this guy. I'm going to go out and do my best because, you know, I, I got I to gotta put stuff on tape because I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to get a contract. Other guys are all playing for each other. And when you're doing the 111, that really begins to show up. So there's something to be said for those little intangibles. I go back to the year that they went to the Super Bowl. And I had asked Rodgers, I had asked a couple of the other players, Woodson, what brought it all together? And it was when Tremont Williams and Sam Shields went to Charles Woodson and he took them under his wing to learn how to study. And they started studying at Charles' house. They started studying in the film room. 
staying staying extra hours to look at things together to where they were got the coaching staff was kind of kicking them out they to this day they look over there and they'll go that's it was that guy meaning Charles Woodson it was that guy I'll never forget that interview it was that guy that's the guy that brought us all together so sometimes it takes something else to bring it all together we got another hour yet to go Mike Clemens standing by he'll be here in about 15 minutes stay right where you're at don't go anywhere on this wild card week of coverage now more of the Bill Michael show coming up right after this <laughs> 